It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm James Erpine, and welcome into the Locked On Bengals podcast. On a Thursday, the Bengals and Colts coming up in a matter of hours. Joe Goodberry of The Athletic coming up in 60 seconds. I'm on Twitter, at James Erpine, at Locked On Bengals. Subscribe, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you get your podcast. Every podcast posted at LockedOnBengals.com. If you missed yesterday, Joel Corey, former NFL agent, weighing in on both Carlos Dunlap and Geno Atkins' contracts. That's up at LockedOnBengals.com. Every podcast, like I said, up at LockedOnBengals.com. And uh, so, yeah, check it out right now. Plus, th- this was really cool. A friend, uh, a fan, excuse me, created a Friends, uh, a Bengals version of the Friends intro. And I'm a big Friends guy, love Friends, watch Friends almost daily because it's on Netflix and it's easy to turn on and be good background noise. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's something that you should check out as well at LockedOnBengals.com. Let's bring in Joe Goodberry of The Athletic. He's on Twitter, at Joe Goodberry. Joe, did you ever watch Friends? No, I watched Seinfeld. Oh, my God. It doesn't have to be one or the other. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. We're having that kind of day, huh? Yeah. Ah, Are you serious? You never watched Friends. I have seen it, but maybe a total of 45 minutes of my life. Oh, oh, Joe. All right. Well, that's going to do it for Joe Goodberry of The Athletic. Uh, You could find... No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Really? (laughs) Really? Never watched Friends. All right. Well... Check out the intro well, anyway. So you watch Seinfeld also, though? Yeah, I like them both. Yeah. I you can Seinfeld like them like both. crazy. Probably 10 episodes, each, I mean, each episode 10 times. This only comes from men. Like, some men aren't, are, are, like, afraid to embrace friends. I think they think it's too love story-ish or something. I don't know what it is. But, yeah, it's like, no, I watch Seinfeld. Like, that's such a go-to. I knew you. I would have bet money you were going to say that. That's ridiculous. And you would have won. I would have, and then I could have spent the money like the Bengals do. Let's talk about that for a second, because you said no, the the Bengals uh or, or yes that they're still cheap. I don't think right. they're cheap anymore. They committed 110 million dollars to Gino and Carlos. Uh, I I think that they're going to commit a ton of money to AJ Green next year, assuming he has a good year like we expect. And um, one thing that I thought that stood out yesterday. During the uh, the Bengals press conference with with Gino and Carlos, Carlos went out of his way to praise the Bengals facilities and the changes they've made throughout the time that he's been here. He wasn't even asked about it, but he went out of his way to do so. Um, so why are the Bengals cheap? Well, um, if they're not cheap this year for extending their guys, were they cheap last year for not retaining Andrew Whitworth and Kevin Zeitler? Here's the difference. Here's the thing. Go ahead. Cheap is different than, and I'll let you keep going. Cheap is one word. No. Not agreeing with their business plan is another word. Go on. How was that? Okay. Okay. I'll Let's just say you don't consider that being cheap if they don't value a certain player at whatever the cost or whatever the value is. You know, it, if Andrew Whitworth can get that money from the Rams and you say, yeah, I don't think we'll give you 11 or 13 million. Here's 11 million uh, for one or two years. And the Rams are offering three. That's, is that being cheap or is that having a difference in value? Um, I guess that could be argued, but at the same time, 
you allowed that left tackle to destroy your season for the most part last year. Same with right guard and, and Kevin Zeitler. They never offered him a contract because they knew he would be too expensive. And that's what guards get paid. So it's not like a difference of opinion on, on the value of a guard. It's just we don't value guards that much. We will not pay a guard that much. Yeah, you they, may say that's business plan and how to build a football team, but at the same time, you allowed it to ruin a full season. A.J. Green might end up being the highest-paid wide receiver in the league starting next year. Like I could see that extension happening. Right? And Gino, they've always paid their stars. But that's what I'm saying. And, and the reason they didn't pay Andrew Whitworth and I disagreed with it. I couldn't believe they didn't. But the reason they didn't is, one, three years. They were never giving him three years. And, two, because of his age. So they were like, well, we have a first-round pick that we invested in Cedric Obwehi. We do need to see what he is. And, look, if if we're going to do it, we should do it now when Andrew Whitworth, who's 35, 36 years old, probably isn't going to be good for the next three years. Now, I would have kept him. I would have done everything I could. But they still value left tackle. They they invested thirty million dollars into Cordy Glenn, so it was more Whitworth's age than it was money. To me, that that prevented them from from keeping him around. If Andrew Whitworth was twenty eight, he would still be here. Do you agree with that? He was at twenty eight. They signed him. You know. So yes, they. You know. They and they extended Andrew Whitworth and Carlos Dunlap early and made sure they were cheap for a long time. Um, the Bengals. That's how. And I, that's a different type of cheap, you know, that made sure their, their salaries were manageable for a long time. But you have to remember, um, there's a whole host of other players that are still in this recent history from, and it can always be, well, they didn't want that guy or, or they already had another corner. They couldn't sign both of them. They couldn't sign Leon Hall and Jonathan Joseph. They, they didn't think, uh, Justin Smith was the, was a great fit. They didn't want to KO spikes. Um, the list goes on Marvin Jones, all oh, that, you know, we offered him a fair deal or, or, comparable deal to what he got from the lions uh he just chose the lions because he'll get more targets there's always these always side stories to why they didn't um sign a guy but if you look at teams that that really go out and are aggressive with their money say they didn't want andrew whitworth for three years that's fine but you know what another team would have done they said fine two years but we'll up the guaranteed money so either, either you can take three years with the rams or you can take our two-year deal and with more guaranteed money. What are you going to choose? And I bet you the player will take the guaranteed money. But the Bengals are always low on the guaranteed money. Uh, and that's how they operate. The Steelers are like that, too, and the Steelers have been very successful. So that's are the Packers. Fine, but yes. But, and what that's going to do is limit your ability to really spend. And that's where the cheap comes from on, in terms of just spending for players. But when you look at the stadium and the stadium deal with the county, right, and the stories of them uh, not having jock straps or Gatorade mentioned by Jonathan Joseph when he left, there is still enough in recent memory to say, I don't think this team has completely gone away from being labeled cheap. They're definitely not high rollers or big spenders. No one's saying that, right? So there's there's some room in between there from being cheap to being the Redskins, let's say, right? Yeah. And and there's in between. And the Bengals are somewhere in between. But I think on the spectrum, if you lined up all 32 teams, 16 being right down the middle, the Bengals are probably still on the cheap side. Ah, uh, I see. Here's the thing, though, is is like the the jockstrap story and all that. So the Gatorade, a lot of that was pre-Marvin. <laughs> Like right. the, the the narrative of them being cheap was built pre Marvin, and since then I don't think I, I think it's stuck clearly, but I don't think you could say that. Like I don't think you can look at the Bengals and say, "All right, they're Jonathan cheap." Joseph was at, was well here only with Marvin though. Uh, sure, but Jonathan Joseph also uh, took like twenty Gatorades home. 
There is no reason for that. Like, why would you fill up your, your duffel bag full of Gatorade? Like, I would tell him no, too. I, I, I've been in the locker room a ton. Literally, you walk in, and there's just Gatorade sitting there in a cooler, the same way it would be at a, at a gas station or something, and you can grab as many as you want. He just didn't want him to grab 500 Gatorades. It, you know, make him go to Costco to get your Gatorade, all right? You make plenty of money, Jonathan. So order Amazon delivers right to your house. You can order all the game Gatorade you need. So Amazon I think that's entry. more of a Jonathan problem. I don't think he went to Houston and, and got fifty get like oh I get him free at work and he just brings home all you, of the Gatorade. You think that was in his contract? You think he said when he said to Houston, listen, I need to be able to like if I grab fifty Gatorades, I don't want anybody to say anything. <laughs> it might have been, but I I'm with the Bengals on that thing. Like if you went to your work and they had complimentary bottles of water and you took a thousand of them a year they wouldn't be happy with that right we have that at my day job you know it's not it's not water but it's safety equipment things like that that you need it for your job but if you went crazy and started bringing some home they would stop you see um right so i get that my point is still remains that you walk into the stadium and it's still a concrete desolate place you know it's it's not very Where's the ring of honor, right? Where's the where's all the extras that that separates them from the other franchises, or the or in the opposite way, you know, like the Cowboys. It, obviously, no one's spending like the Cowboys, right? But you go into there, and it's a completely different atmosphere for how their stadium and and their training facilities, their practice field. How about a practice bubble for the Bengals? There's a lot of things still that they can do to get them over that middle line. If we're drawing an imaginary line on the cheap side and and the spender side to get them over onto the spender side. And, and currently, just because they're signing the players that they all have always signed, the stars, they, they signed Carson Palmer, they signed Chad Johnson. The, the list goes on, the left tackles, the right tackles, that they've always signed their big guys that they value, that fit in with the team, that will take the less guaranteed money. And it's not a complete knock, it to, or, or using that as an example isn't going to really push them over that line for me. For me, I think they're still considered one of the cheaper teams. Yeah, but the stadium isn't going to upgrade itself. Like, what do you... I get it. Like, more decals, more a ring of honor, all of that and stuff. They've gone I'm a lot bored of that, with that. Over the last 15 years, they've gone farther. You know, it, they, there is more of that up on the stadium and, and around when you walk through there, but still. But I get hate not liking the stadium. I don't like the stadium. It is. It's concrete. Like, it's just a bunch of cement thrown together, it feels like. But I don't think a couple decals and a couple retirement, all that stuff should happen. But I don't think that will change the way I feel about the stadium. The only way that will change that is a new stadium, which I live in Hamilton County, so the last thing I want to talk about is a new stadium. <laughs> no, what that would change is how it makes you feel about their uh, commitment to providing the best facilities around their players and ultimately their commitment to winning. Yeah, but the facilities thing, I, I thought it was interesting. Dunlap yesterday went out of his way to praise the Bengals' facilities Uh who was it? It was Dave. Lapp- Dave Lapham asked about how you remember James Harrison a couple of years ago. Yeah, had to uh, spend or, or didn't have to, but he sp- said he spent like six hundred thousand dollars a year on his body with yeah. different acupuncture and all that stuff. And Lap asked about that about the spending to keep uh, th- that players spend out of their own money to to stay ready and to stay healthy. And and, La- uh, and Dunlap was kind of like, eh, I don't really need to do that because the Bengals give me everything I need here. Like so, when I'm here. I can get all that stuff for free. Now, it's probably not the same, the exact same of what Harrison was getting, but I think it does speak to the Bengals' facilities and what they offer that Dunlap's like, yeah, I can get everything I need here. He also, in the video interview with Jeff Hobson, talked about how he has his own personal trainers and chefs 
in order to uh, maintain that. So, I mean, players are still spending. And, I, and I, you know, that's up to each individual player, I think, ultimately. Sure. But, um, uh, you know, so it's not like he doesn't have to do it. Like he could just walk into the Bengals, you know, facility and have everything taken care of. He still is, he is still spending that money on the outside, and I'm sure a lot of players are. So. And I don't want to knock the team right now on a good day where they, you know, uh, sign sure two you of their best players. Sure you do. I don't. I don't. My point is I expected them to sign these two guys. So it's not changing my perception on how cheap they are. Yesterday on the podcast, you heard from Joel Corey, CBS Sports, and he was kind of lukewarm on the Dunlap signing because of the depth. We'll discuss that next on the Locked on Bengals podcast. But first, a word from my bookie. I don't know who's going to win but if you think you know, you got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. It's a product I've used for NBA, baseball, National Football League, which obviously the NFL, why not? I would only recommend it if I had used it, if I had experienced it. I loved it. They have in-game betting, live betting the most rewarding player perks in the business. And right now, my bookie is going to match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use promo code Locked On to activate the offer. Visit my bookie online today. That's my bookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code Locked On when creating your account to claim the bonus. You play, you win, you get paid with my bookie. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Joe, yesterday I had Joel Corey on, and one thing he said, he was he was a little surprised about how the Bengals uh, approached Carlos Dunlap. He, he thought he, they were going to wait it out, not sign him, because of the depth, the Jordan Willis, the Carl Lawson. I know we've talked about this. I'm Sam Hubbard. We've talked about this some, but what, what are your thoughts? It, it didn't sound like it was a surprise to you that they were able to get a deal done with Dunlap, too. Well, it wasn't a surprise because I think everyone knew it was in the works for at least, what, two months at least, uh, where it really picked up. Um, but I did start to think after this preseason, you know, year two of Lawson and, and Willis, you really started to feel like these two guys are going to be big impact players for the foreseeable future. And Hubbard's been nothing but a pleasant surprise as a rookie. But at the same time, you, you know, as you look at that and say, okay, a lot of depth, they could probably let Dunlap walk after this year and be okay with these guys. But then I think edge rusher, pass rusher, it is still the premium position um, it's up there with, you know, quarterback, left tackle, corner, and pass rusher. you got to have those guys. I can't just – I can't see myself being happy with the Bengals if they would have let Carlos Dunlap walk. And we're talking about a three-year deal added on. So uh, he's got four more years left, including this year. Um, the money's not too bad because, again, he was getting about $7 million this year before, before this contract. Uh, it should bring his average up to a nice $13 million or so which is very fair for what, the type of player he is. I think he's a top-ten defensive end in the NFL, uh, probably better against the run than he is a pass rusher, but that's why you drafted these athletic pass rushers the last couple of years. And because of the depth, I, I'm not ready to bank on all three of them, meaning Lawson, Willis, and Hubbard, 
panning out. I think that'd be crazy, right? You know, to expect that. Maybe two of them. Maybe one guy's a star, and that's Lawson, and one other guy's a solid contributor, and another guy, you know, floats around for a little bit, and and who knows what happens? Because just playing the odds, right? So looking at it, you're going to need Carlos Dunlap still. It would be a, a a repeat of the offensive line, I think, with like Andrew Whitworth. If you just felt like, okay, we're going to let Dunlap walk at 30 years old next year, and Sam Hubbard's just going to roll into that place, and maybe Sam Hub- Hubbard responds. But if he doesn't, now we're going to be sitting here like you got to draft a pass rusher in the top 10 because you let Carlos Dunlap walk. And he's been a really good player. His production doesn't look like it's ready to, to decline. If anything, it's, it may decline because other guys are getting snaps. Um, but I'm very happy to see uh, Dunlap extended. Yeah, me too. Uh, and the other thing, I keep like talking about this, and, and people laugh when I say the Bengals championship window, it was very much open in 15. <laughs> and then it slammed shut, right? It, yep. And it slammed shut for a couple of years. I think with these two extensions, not that they're Super Bowl contenders because I don't think they are, but I think the window's cracked. And yep. I think with the development of John Ross, Joe Mixon, this offense, uh, potential developing uh, developing, and adding a right tackle, a right guard this offseason but between 2018 and 2019, I think that window could be wide open again next year. So why let a guy like Dunlap, when you know he's as good as he is, when you know there's, there's a guy like Geno Atkins, and, and that's your strength is the defensive line and getting after the quarterback, knowing you're going to have to stack Ben and Brady and all those guys. If you want to win a championship, it makes a lot of sense to me to keep those guys around because, honestly, I think 2019-2020, those are the two years where you really go for it if you're the Bengals. This year they might make the playoffs. That would be great. But even if they don't, I think next year if things go right this season and in the offseason, next year we could really be talking about a legitimate contender. Yeah, I would agree. And um, having a great defensive line and a great defense opens that window up. Surrounding Andy Dalton with weapons, which they have, um, opens that window up. So when you look at championship teams, they're not too old, too young. There's a mix, right? And the Bengals have really drew the line this this offseason on who are these aging veterans that we don't want anymore and who are the ones we want to carry into the next generation. And they drew the line and cut Brandon LaFell, and they cut George Iloka. Uh, they cut Chris Baker, right? And they said, we'll extend Carlos Dunlap, Geno Atkins, because those guys surrounded by, look at the rest of the defensive line, right? Besides Michael Johnson, really the only other guy that's over 30 out of that, that core old, older group. Um, besides those three, it's 21-year-olds, 22-year-olds, 23, 24-year-olds at defensive tackle and defensive end. They are a young, young group outside of their two studs. Uh, so you want that. You want that. The, and they're great character guys, great lock, uh, locker room leader guys. So you want them to carry that young group forward. Um, and so for me, I, I think, you know, really drawing that line there and saying our veterans are really what? A.J. Green and Andy Dalton on the offensive side. Yeah, you've got maybe Cordy Glenn, uh, but he's, he's just coming this year. It's really, again, a young group of talent coming behind that at running back, at receiver, uh, on the offensive line that they drafted this year, Billy Price. So maybe those guys are your leaders of the future, but – you kind of have a mix now of the last generation, and it's, to me it seems crazy to say. I've been looking at these guys' ages the last couple of days, like 30, man. I'm 31, but I'm like, you look at them differently. Like, You're they, old. I know. That's what I'm feeling. And I'm just kidding. These guys are on the, you know, the, on the other side of the hill now. Maybe they're still on the top because their production's there, but anytime after 30, it's, 
you know, it's shaky. The guy could get hurt or the production could just decline. We saw it with Chad Johnson, right? He was just really good. All of a sudden, he's gone. And some Oh, don't you dare do that. Well, I mean, Chad didn't just get bad. Some of it was mental. A lot of it was probably mental. But, you know, those things happen after on the other side of 30. Yeah. And, um, you know, the the Bengals really bringing in the way they've had these last few drafts. That young group is really coming behind them and coming strong. And that's what opens up the window. And that's why you want to keep those core star players that they have that that are aging. But at the same time, that young group is really what is exciting. I can't believe you just took a shot at Chad. Yeah, on the other side of 30, you have to be smarter as a wide receiver, and he wasn't. Well, he blocked me on Twitter, so Chad is dead to me. He blocked you on Twitter? This was a long time ago, long time ago. What did you do? I don't remember. I mean, I got on Twitter because of Chad. This was like 10 years ago, right? And um, I was like, yeah, this is cool. Follow Chad Johnson. You can talk to them and stuff. So I probably sent something that he didn't like. But I I love Chad Johnson, so I don't think I sent anything negative. It's just maybe I, you know. Maybe it came out the wrong way. I don't know. He's my favorite Bengals player ever, even though he lost his mind at halftime. <laughs> Idiot. Someone should have strangled him at halftime of that 05 game. He's no, Joe he Goodberry of the Athletic. I know. Someone should have. <laughs> Willie Anderson. Next time I talk to Willie, I'm going to be like, Willie, why didn't you just scoop him up? Scoop right. his little ass up. It was before Andrew Whitworth was there because Whit would have. So that, oh, yeah. that, that would have been Willie. Uh, he's Joe Goodberry of the Athletic. You can follow him on Twitter at Joe Goodberry. And by the way, if. You're looking to subscribe to the Athletic? You can. Theathletic.com slash locked on Bengals gets you 40% off so you can read Joe's work. Your your countdown, your player countdown, is it completely done? I know you were in the final like two or three. Yeah, the last three just got submitted this morning. Okay, so, so last three. I think okay. it's going to be posted tomorrow morning. Um, right. And two of those three just got signed to an extension. So Spoiler. Yeah, spoiler alert. You sure? I think, <laughs> I think really the, the interesting part is, is going to be who's number one and who's number two, right? I don't know. Who would you have? Who do you think is the best player on the bench? A.J. Green. I can see that, yeah. I, I'm honestly, those two grades so far above everyone else that, you know, I think those are your two chances at Hall of Famers on this roster. Yeah, A.J. Green and Geno Atkins. Right. So, you know, who is the better of the two? I, I think. I, honestly, the feedback I got was, was split from a lot of people. Geno had a better year last year than A.J. So, so if you're basing it on last year, but overall, like if you say, give me one guy or give me the other, A.J. Green, because I think A.J., even with last year being kind of a down year by his standards, still had 1,000 yards, and he would have had way more if Andy Dalton could throw the, the ball deep. So uh, Blandy and, showed up as well. And 2016 was going to be a fantastic year for Green, remember? And he was he on pace hurt. for 1,800 yards. Yeah. yeah, it would have been nuts. Had he finished that year, it would have been the first time he ever been a first-team All-Pro. He's never been a first-team All-Pro. Which is insane. All- it is crazy. And, um, you know, when you see that, and you're like, he, he did have two second-team All-Pros, but still, uh, Atkins has had three first-team All-Pros. When you, and the only reason I bring that up is because I was looking at Hall of Famers, and that is really held in high regard when you're establishing like the accolades for these guys getting in. And I thought, has Green separated himself enough as an elite receiver? And I know he is. For me, I know he is. But around the league, the perception, is he going to get that recognition afterwards? And I, and I kind of wondered, man, he might not be. Atkins might be the closest to a Hall of Fame you know, enshrinement out of the two. Now, that didn't affect my ranking, but it did looking at it thinking, where do they compare in the league? For me, I think A.J. Green is a top-five receiver, no doubt. I think Geno Atkins is a top-three defensive tackle in probably the most lucrative talent at that position of all time, to be honest with you. I think there's never been a larger, more 
elite group of defensive tackles ever, and Geno Atkins is near the top there. Well, there you go. Now you know who Joe has number one, but still check it out anyway on The Athletic. Follow him on Twitter at Joe Goodberry. Uh, let's spend a few minutes on tonight. Um, things I'll be watching tonight. Uh, Auden Tate, obviously, I, I want to see him do something th- just to to establish himself. I think he's still going to make the team, but it, uh, a couple more a couple weeks ago, I thought it was certainly um, a lock. And now I'm, I'm feeling a little. Is he making the team, or is Cordy Core losing his spot right now? Right. It, it felt like he was making the team, and then it he kind of cooled off, and now Cody Core isn't even playing the night because he's injured. So. Right. He missed three weeks now for Core. And I thought Core struggled the first half of camp, then he had a couple good weeks, and then it was like, now he doesn't get to play in preseason. Man, I, you know, it's really, I think Tate has to go out there and reach and really grab this job, and he, he should get a chance tonight. Yeah. I wonder if Core, here's the thing how hurt is Core? You'd have to be, right. if you thought you were fighting for your job, you'd have to be really yeah. hurt not to play. But if they told you, don't worry about it, get ready for week one, we need you on special teams, you'd probably take it easy. Correct. So don't be shocked if you see Cody Core making the 53. That, that I think would... people would light fires if Auden Tate doesn't make it and Cody Core does. Yeah, people freak out. I, I, I get it. Auden Tate, Auden Tate was never going to contribute a lot on this team. But I, I do think he should make it for what people it's People freaked out when Desmond Briscoe was cut. Remember that? Yeah, that's right. It, it's funny. Tate went from, man, he could be – uh, Anquan Bolden only taller to Desmond Briscoe in about three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, he, he did miss a couple of passes recently. You know, if you'd have caught both of those, I'd, I'd still think, you know, here he is. He's going to break free. So. Yeah, no, not just you. I mean, people loved it. He's Anquan Bolden only bigger. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's got tonight. Uh, the other thing I want to see, Mark Walton, when you've watched him, to yeah. me he looks slow and he's been very yep. underwhelming, and I'm not alone in that. i talked to some people down at the stadium, and they, they think he's been slightly, they said slightly underwhelming. Your thoughts? And I think it doesn't help that Trey Carson and Brian Hill have looked very good, yes, right? they've and, looked good. And so, and they're running behind the same offensive line against the same defense for the most part, and I think Walton's averaging .2 yards per carry, 12 carries, 2 yards he has. I mean, that's insane. <laughs> and I looked at pro football focus grades because I thought, oh, at least he's good on special teams. And he's graded like as the second worst special teamer on the team because I, I believe he's had a penalty. But still, I, I'm looking at it like, man, do you cut a fourth round pick? They cut a, they cut a couple fifth rounders last year. Do they? You know, how hurt is Walton? Can you say, well, magically he's on IR? One of those things. And because Carson and, and Hill, they look like the better players. Is, is Walton just going to be inactive for a while now? Um, I think he really needs to go out there and have a big game, break a few runs. Uh, I don't think it's a lock he should be on the roster, to be honest. I know, but he's got to make it, right? He's a fourth-round pick. Fourth-rounders have been cut before. It doesn't happen too often. You're cutting four. I know, but, like, God, remember when they picked him? Yeah. I don't think – by the way, I don't think he gets cut. I don't either. That would be the other thing I would say. Um, I also don't think Michael Johnson gets cut. Your thoughts? Go. And I still think Michael Johnson has a role on the team, uh, even though they're giving Sam Hubbard and Jordan Willis opportunities to kick inside and nickel and rush the passer in preseason, and each of them have, have actually flashed and impressed a few times the last couple of weeks. I still think it's a few weeks before they can take over that role or potentially push Michael Johnson for that spot, maybe even a half a season. So I think Johnson is still on the roster, still plays maybe 
I don't want to say 40% of the snaps because that still feels like too much, but I do think he's probably in line for that until some of these younger guys like Willis and Hubbard um, really prove uh, once again uh, that they can take larger roles from him. What were your thoughts? What are your thoughts uh, on the offensive line? I'll briefly give you mine. I think Alex Redmond's going to start at right guard. Uh, I have no idea who the hell should start at right tackle. I wanted to see more Jake Fisher. We haven't really seen it. But uh, overall, your thoughts on the offensive line, and do you think tonight's game will have any impact on who starts? I kind of feel like they want Redmond to win that job, but they're kind of saying to him, you can't have these penalties. We like your run blocking, and we think it's going to be an asset, but we can't have these false starts and these holds, and it was a leg whip last week or whatever it was uh, that he ended up getting a hold on. But, and so for me, I think they want to give him that chance. So I don't know how much these guys are going to play tonight. I would hope the offensive line actually plays a little bit and, and maybe even a full quarter just because these guys haven't really played that well yet, um, especially at right guard and right tackle. They, they need a, maybe a full half. But uh, Redmond has to clean up those penalties. And if he can, I think he's probably the better player because you get that upside as a run blocker, even though I like Trey Hopkins better in pass protection. Uh, so I, th- I still think it, I'm leaning towards Redmond for week one. But I still think that's up in the air a little bit. Right tackle, I think, is just a disaster. It's going to be a mess this year. Uh, I don't. Bobby Hart hasn't shown to be an upgrade over what they've had in Andre Smith and and Jake Fisher and Cedric Abwehi. Um, I don't know how that's going to shake out. I, I, the scariest part to me is how much better I think Trey Hopkins has looked at center than Billy Price. And I know it's against the second teamers, but I think Hopkins has looked really good there. And that's part of the reason why I think they want Redmond to start at right guard is because Hopkins can back up almost every position and play it well, or at least good enough to get you through a game. And it's nice to only move one guy rather than two guys to move Hopkins as your, as your sixth man. Uh, so, and then when Cody Glenn went down at left tackle, it was Cedric Abwehi that came in and that said a lot about where Jake Fisher is with this team, and I wonder if he can be cut or traded maybe to the Cowboys. Cowboys need some offensive line help. Uh, I just wonder if Jake Fisher's on the bubble when I thought he would have been the guy that won that starting right tackle job. Yeah, it, it's starting to feel that way. Bobby Hart, Cedric Obwehi, buckle up, Joe. That, that part of it's going to be rough this year. Outside of right tackle, though, I like what I've seen from the Bengals' offense overall. Like, I... I I've, at, at, and we can't go back and change what they did in the draft, but if they could have gotten a right tackle, it would have been great. Even though they haven't, I think this offense is going to be significantly better than it was a year ago. I do, too. I think explosive-wise, they are much better, obviously. Keep John Ross healthy. Did I you? Uh, very... Real quick, sorry to cut you off. Did you get How excited were you? I missed it live because I was at Wrigley, actually. How excited were you when Ross had that play? I was pretty excited. <laughs> We've been waiting for it, right? And then... yeah. First play, and you remember the first play of the Bills game last year, it was A.J. Green beating Tredavious White, remember, on the double move yep. um, right upfield. And so it's funny, the Buffalo, they come out with that against Buffalo right away. And as he, I didn't see who lined up where. It's the first play. I'm still get, collecting my, my brain. And um, so as Dalton threw it in the air, I'm like, uh, was it going to? And I see it's Ross, and, like, my eyes just, everything just lit up. Like, oh, is he going to catch it? He better catch it. And then the move he made afterwards was it nasty. Was perfect. <laughs> yes, it was perfect. I just, hard fist pump, kick, one of those things. That's, that's my go-to is a fist pump. But anyways, the explosive plays like that right there should return. And... I was happy with Eifert. You know, he got out there, he got hit, he looked good, he moved well. 
Uh, the Bengals had a few RPOs mixed in there, and that, which I think is going to help them a lot. I think that works great for Andy Dalton. I think it creates easy throws, which this offense can use also. I think run game still is – you know, I don't know what you're going to get, even though I love the talent at running back. I just, they haven't been able to show anything so far this preseason. But splitting Mixon out wide uh, has worked, and he's had two big catches so far. And I think we're going to have to have a conversation about Mixon and Gio Bernard um, because we look at Mixon as the big back, right? And Gio as the scat back, third down back. But I, I always thought Gio's hands were a little overrated. They were just okay. You know, he, he's a good athlete and, and can run, um, but he's not always the best in screens either because, I, you know, so, too often guys are tackling him or get, or uh, his awareness isn't really good. But I still like, not, that's not to knock Gio as a third down back. But we think of Mixon as the big guy. He's going to be the guy to carry the ball, and he's going to be the guy to really run it down their throats. But Gio looks like the better runner right now. He looks more explosive, more uh, more lateral agility, quicker. He, he gets upfield north and south much quicker than, than Mixon does now for a year in a, in a preseason. And Mixon is a really good receiver, and he always has been. And he, for me, when I watched that, that draft class, it was Mixon and McCaffrey, two really good receivers in that class. And I thought, you know, they could be weapons that way. And maybe we need to readjust how what we expect from these guys and, and not be so traditional and think, you know, you've got two guys that can win in multiple ways and in the receiving game. They need to use them that way. And I know that's something we asked for for a long time, but just recalibrating maybe how we think about these two. He's Joe Goodberry of The Athletic. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Joe Goodberry. Joe, I appreciate the time as always. We'll catch up with you next week to preview week one against the Indianapolis Colts. Thanks for coming on, man. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Good stuff from Joe, as always. Again, follow him on Twitter, at Joe Goodberry. And if you want to get The Athletic, just go to theathletic.com slash Bengals for 40% off. Thank you guys so much for listening today. We're back at it tomorrow with a complete recap of Colts Bengals. The regular season almost here. Can't wait for it next week. We will do a crossover every single week, getting you the latest across the Locked on Bengals a network and locked on podcast network, excuse me. Uh, so Colts up next week, next Wednesday. We'll go across enemy lines, talk about the Colts. We will uh, have Joe on every week like we've had. And we have your voicemails as well. If you want to leave a voicemail, you can at 513-666-0328. Again, 513-666-0328. On Twitter, at James Rapine, at Locked on Bengals. Have a great night. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.